Welcome to Blondie and the Brit, Writing, Publishing, and Beyond. You can find our show notes and more information about our podcast at blondieandbrit.com. That's B-L-O-N-D-I-E-A-N-D-B-R-I-T.com. Welcome to Blondie and the Brit podcast. I am Blondie, KJ Waters. And I'm Suzanne Cowman, I'm the Brit. And together we're Blondie and the Brit. Yay! Woohoo! I am the author of Stealing Time. And I'm the author of the Rejected Writers Book Club. Welcome to Blondie and the Brit. This week on our show, we're excited to interview Martin Nusrat, who is one of our podcast heroes. Martin is also an award-winning novelist, a Buffy enthusiast, and a podcaster, too. His debut novel, Inside and Outside, has been praised by readers and critics alike, and in the spring of 2012, it won the grand prize in the Paris Book Festival. Since publishing his novel, Martin has been invited to speak all over Southern California, from high schools and universities to libraries and federal prisons. Welcome, Whoa. Martin. Welcome to our prison, my dear. <laughs> I, I was going to say, going from federal prisons to Blondie and the Brit, it's really not a huge stretch. Hey, not a, a, a best, a, it was a good experience. I, you didn't know that, but it was a that was a compliment. Wow, compliment. Okay, I'll be honest. When I said that, I had no idea what I was thinking, but then I realized I got to spin this. Yeah, <laughs> he's a politician there. So first of all, Martin, we have, it's been what maybe a year since we spoke to you last. I'm sure lots has happened, lots happened. So why don't you fill us in with what's been going on in your writing career over the last year? Yeah, absolutely. I was actually doing the math myself. I think it's been just over a year because when I first talked to you guys, it was I believe it was right around November 2015. At that point, I had just moved to Las Vegas, Nevada, so I've been on the lookout for more federal prisons to speak at. And then, uh, <laughs> And so right about that time, I just released book three of my vampire trilogy, the vampire. It's the vampire and the hunter trilogy. So for 2016, it was an off year in terms of publishing. I wasn't publishing anything. But as you gals know, as writers, even when we're not publishing, we're almost perpetually working on something. So this year, I'm putting the finishing touches on my very first short story collection, which will be coming out this year. And it's called, I, I was going to say going to be called, but I'm sure it's not going to change. So it's called Dolph the Unicorn Killer and Other Stories. Oh, wow. And, uh, wow. and I'm fairly certain this is actually the first place on the record that I've actually shared the title of the books. I've talked about it on my podcast, but I don't think I've actually talked about specifically. But so Dolph the Unicorn Killer is going to be the, the central story. He's sort of this superhero I created. It's a subversive take on the superhero mythology. So... A lot of satire with Dolph the Unicorn Killer because he's this guy who, you know, he he believes with all his heart that unicorns are evil. No one else seems to be on board with this. And, you know, when he was a kid, very much like Batman, you know, saw his parent murdered by a unicorn. And so he's made it his life's work to uh, to become, you know, a, a unicorn killer. You're so funny. I what are you, love Martin, what are you smoking? <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. It was the most fun to write, and it's the central story in, in this collection that I'm working on. So I don't even know where to start, because this collection, I'm so excited about it, but the, I think the thing that excites me most about this collection is I never, ever, ever planned on writing a short story collection. Like, I, in terms of, I don't know if all authors feel this way, but I sort of feel like we, I don't know, I'll speak for myself, but like, I know for me, I identify as, as a novelist. So 
as much as I love writing and storytelling, when I think about the writing that I do, I see myself as a novelist. That's my favorite form of, of writing. And so short stories, certainly I, I, I worked on short stories when I was learning how to write, because I think many, if not most writers, that's kind of how they cut their teeth is, you know, writing short stories. But I never actually planned on doing a short story collection, in large part because I know that the the good collection, and again, this is just from my point of view, but, you know, the good collections generally have some sort of a theme and they're, whether it's a, a horror collection or maybe it's a, a theme of, you know, there's a geographical theme or something like that. And so on the one hand, I was never really interested in writing short stories in that way. And also I didn't necessarily have a collection of stories that had sort of a, a common theme. So last year, I just as sort of a, a writing exercise, because I wasn't working on any one thing at the moment. I just started writing something with no, I didn't know what it was going to be. I had no real plans for it. I just, just wanted the exercise of writing just, you know, cause, cause I enjoy it. And so I was, you know, I'm living in Las Vegas. So just, just because I almost started writing like this first person narrative of, of living in Las Vegas. I didn't know what it was. I was just kind of writing this thing. And after I was writing that for a little while, I thought, well, what if the person writing this isn't me, but what if it's a vampire? What would that look like? A vampire living in Las Vegas. So from there, I started writing this story about this vampire who lives in Las Vegas and and how that dynamic might actually you know kind of come together. And it turned into this short story. And so I thought, well, that was fun. I have nothing to do with this, but that was that was a fun little writing exercise. And then I think I just kind of got in this mode of like, you know, well, let me let me write another short story with no real no real plan in sight. And then I wrote a couple short stories, and then I started looking at like older short stories that I've written years ago, things that were, you know, old and dusty and I never actually planned on, you know, taking out of the, the bottom drawer. And so I, I was looking at a bunch of stories and seeing things that either, you know, were needed to stay there or stories that I felt could be salvaged. And then pretty soon I had a, a small collection. And so then I kind of thought to myself, well, yeah, I've got, you know, seven or eight stories here. What if I write a few original stories? Could I reasonably have a collection? Then that kind of got me just, you know, very organically kind of putting together this this collection. And so on the one hand, that the through line, not that it has to have one, but the through line is all the stories in some form or fashion are, are, are set in Las Vegas with few exceptions. So like Dolph, the unicorn killer, he doesn't actually exist in Las Vegas, but he is a, a superhero. So most of the characters and all the other stories are reading their favorite comic book, Dolph, the unicorn killer. At this point, the, the stories are all written. I'm just kind of going through them and putting that last little bit of bit of polish and then uh, then I'll begin the actual the, the fun part of the, the the publishing process and then we'll kind of see how it goes from there and truthfully and, and absolutely full disclosure because it's a short story collection I have very modest hopes of how it will actually how successful it'll be because you know, historically you know short story collections don't necessarily do as well as novels but that said I'm I'm so excited about this collection that I'm actually I feel like for the first time in a long time, like I'm really not worried about the actual, say, you know, book sales or anything. It's just, it's just a really fun project that's that's brought me a tremendous amount of joy for for the last several months. Oh, that is exciting! I love the thought. You know, I, as you're saying that, I'm thinking, oh, how would I market that? And like, you could give away one of the short stories and and then lead them into like on a newsletter or something. Just to think about how how are you planning on marketing this? It's a different animal, really, and it's. It's a similar genre to the people who already read your books because it's that dark humor kind of yeah. vampire. Yeah, you know, I, I, the, the marketing, again, full disclosure, because because I feel like I'm dipping into a world that I, you know, with, with a short story collection. I'm not 100% certain, but I do have some ideas. So on the one hand, because 
the by and large, the collection is set in, in Las Vegas. I'm already sort of, you know, kind of looking around and thinking of ways of engaging locally and wow. just finding maybe sort of local either writing organizations or local libraries or even some just local comic book shops that would be amused by this sort of oh, yeah, satirical yeah. comic book character that I created and trying to sort of network and make connection in that way. Then also, again, because, you know, I mean, there's no illustrations in the book itself. I found this absolutely amazing artist. In fact, he's, I discovered him just hanging out at, at one of the local comic book shops out here in, in Las Vegas. And they had these just really amazing posters that were on their wall and they were selling some of these posters and I really love the, the aesthetic of these posters, and, and I'd never seen them before. But I was just thinking, this is really cool. Like, I would love to have a book cover with this aesthetic, especially since I created this sort of dark, satirical comic book hero. So the, the artist, his name is, the, the company that, that he created is called Ninja Bot. And so I, I looked them up, and I found the contact information for the artist, and I kind of reached out to him. I didn't know if he did book covers. I knew that he was this amazing illustrator and did this really cool stuff, but I had no idea if, if he actually did book covers or if he'd even be interested. So I reached out to him, talked to him about the project, specifically talked about Dolph the Unicorn Killer. He thought it sounded cool, so I, I sent him the, not an early draft of the story, but a relatively early draft, but it, it, there was enough there, so he read the story and loved it. I think he thought it was appropriately weird and dark and, and funny and so then he ultimately did my book cover, which I got the official cover, I'll say, about three or four weeks ago. And I was absolutely floored. So I kind of feel like the cover by itself is going to do a lot of the, the marketing for me. It's just this beautiful, it's this really amazing cover of, well, of this superhero, which is, again, it's just, it's this guy that I made up in my head. But to actually see this professional mm. artist actually create this character, it's the most amazing thing in the world. But it's, it's basically, I'll, I'll give you sort of a, a teaser. It's Dolph in this hero pose with his sort of unicorn-killing sword and a severed unicorn head in the other hand. <laughs> and the uni- <laughs> and You know, you're going to frighten children everywhere. You know that, right? That, listen, I, here's the thing. I went into this project thinking to myself, if I don't ruin at least three childhoods, I did not see so, oh, so that's, no. that's the bar I've set for myself. Well, it pretty much doesn't sell to kids then. That's a pretty good thing. You don't want kids reading it. You terrified them all by the cover. Good job there. <laughs> and frankly, I won't go into great detail, but I will say that there are things happening with unicorns that kids definitely shouldn't be reading. Oh, wow. oh no. I'm going to just leave all of my comments out because my mind is racing. Yeah, frankly, I don't think my mom should be reading it either, but I'm sure she will. <laughs> She's going to have to now. Poor mom. I shake my head ruefully. Poor mom. <laughs> Well, that's exciting. Now, like in terms of book launch things, when do you think you'll be putting this out there into the world? And are you doing like, you know, any kind of Facebook parties or very exciting promotional kind of things? Or is it a soft launch type thing? It'll be a soft launch. Again, I think because it was a project that I wasn't planning on and it did happen organically, I've sort of just kind of given myself to that process of just not even really making hard plans and in, in, in that way I'm just going to kind of work on it till it's done and then yeah. put it out and then once it's out just you know see what I could do in terms of bringing attention to it I imagine it'll it'll come out this summer but again that's I don't even have a, a date in mind I, I'm just sort of in terms of you know like that timeline where you yeah, kind of yeah. know it's almost done and you feel it'll be ready 
I feel like it'll be ready in summer, but you know, if it's not ready by summer, then no big deal. It'll come out in the fall, something like that. Yeah, it's good you're and, not putting the pressure on yourself. You've got other things going on, so you'll keep your creative yeah, and, and flow going. Too, like, so with my first novel, and again, I, I, I know you guys can relate to this, especially with, with the first novel. I was putting, you know, tremendous pressure on myself to get the book out there, to get attention, to to get eyes on the book, to get people reading it, to get reviews. And, you know, it's just that Herculean uphill battle of just pushing a, a boulder uphill just to bring attention to this book. And, and it felt like, even though, you know, it felt like this nonstop process that I went on just for years and years and years with, with that first book. And, and even after I got traction on it, it's like, okay, well, now that there's attention, I got to keep going because I don't want it to lose attention. And then at some point, you know, the there was certainly some fatigue on my part where yeah. I just needed a, a break from doing that. And then sort of sitting back and just kind of feeling that despair of like, oh, no, I think are, are people, they're going to forget now. They're going to forget that I'm alive. They're going to forget that this book exists. My next book's not going to come out in time. I got to hurry up and get that next uh, book out where yeah. people still somewhat remember me a little bit. And then I, you know. Marjorie, don't think very much of yourself. <laughs> See now, see, now you're getting an insight into... <laughs> Let's shrink him uh, while he's here, Suzanne. What could we ask about his uh, mother? By the way, thank you for the therapy session. We're not recording this, are we? This is, oh, yeah, you know, no, 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 it's just us three. Just I, 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 I appreciate that. So, yeah, so with this book, I I don't even, I don't necessarily feel that I've let myself off the hook, but I do feel like this is the first book that I've done where I'm not consumed with all that. It was just, yeah. it was such a genuinely fun project. There was a really big part of me that's just happy to do it and put it out there and just let it be. And of course, you know, I, I know that once it's out there, I can't just let it sit there. But there is that part of me that, you know, just let it go out in the world and just be happy that it exists because it was this really fun thing that I that I did. Yeah, I love that you're attaching the creative process that you started with to kind of the promotions and let it just be what it is and have fun with it. My first thought, too, is to do. Do you ever go to like Comic Cons? And sell books? Yes and no. I've been to one Comic Con a couple years ago, and I, and I had a I had a blast there. I was just I was just visiting. I wasn't participating in any way, but that has crossed my mind that you know because you know the the main story is this you know again I call it a comic book character. Well, actually, I guess I haven't. I called him a superhero. Either way, between the fact that I wrote a character that's intended to be a superhero who could you know I would. And I have no plans for it, but I would love at some point to figure out a way to actually turn him into a into a comic book. That would uh, just be sort of a dream come true. You but then also because uh, the the cover does look very much, it does have that comic book hero aesthetic. I've been noodling with the idea of this. This could be something that I could potentially cross pollinate at comic book conventions. As, oh, yeah. as specifically, I know there's a Las Vegas one, but I got to figure out how to how to actually get it. Well, I take it back. I do have an idea how to get involved in those. I guess that's more. Actually, just to. making the decision to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think it'd be a great practice. I was just talking to a lady the other day at an author group, and she goes, has a book. She's got science fiction books, so she has her books there, but she sells little trinkets, and she says she makes a lot of money on just, like, little stupid plastic toys that she charges double for. But that brings people in. It's something like a $1.50 item or whatever. And then, you know, she's yeah, like, then she... Evil, evil unicorns. Yes, you could have headless unicorns. <laughs> I mean, that... collection. <laughs> but, you know, I just, I don't know, your personality and all of the things that you've written before, it seems like a very good venue for, especially, like you're saying, with that cover. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to talk about you. No, it's okay. So, but you could also set up a podcast there as well. <gasps> that's a great see, idea. See, that's a great idea. Yeah. See, I was, cause I, see, that's a great idea. I wasn't even thinking about the merchandising. Like, that's a great idea. 
but that would be a lot of fun actually to set up the podcast even if it was because you know like like at the comet i went to it was dan lee's kamikaze which they do in los angeles i believe it's like in the fall and so i i you know there's you know it's there's lots of booths you know around where people are you know either sometimes they're, they're selling comics maybe they're selling merchandise or toys sometimes they're just selling themselves they're they're celebrities or or, you know, people who maybe they're not like mainstream celebrities anymore, but they were famous in a field that's connected to, to comics and, and pop culture. And so I could I could easily imagine having a booth like that and just sort of, yeah. you know, doing a podcast. Because, I mean, they also have, you know, like panels and stuff. I think that's like, but even if they didn't have like a, a scheduled panel, there would be nothing to stop me from just bringing a microphone and, and just yes. recording. So that's actually a super that cool That would be idea. exciting. Have people yeah. come over. You've talked to the other authors that are there, bring them over, talk to some of the comic book people. Just whoever you think your target market would want. And I, ju- and I just think that with it being comic book, you could actually go out with tags on that and everything. And I think you might get a lot of people responding to that, you know? Yes. Even this tell them ahead, ahead of time. Get the list of and who's there this, and invite uh, them to your booth at a certain time. You could even have it scheduled out. And people gather around to watch you interview some guy. You've got your fancy equipment. You know, you look like the official <laughs> dude. People come to your booth for that. Then you sell them. Yeah. Then you sell them. Here's my other thought. I can't get this out of my head. You put that awesome cover on a black T-shirt, and you have the merch behind you, and you sell like a thousand T-shirts while you're there. You can even autograph the T-shirt. I'm so, so, I'm so thrilled that we scheduled this marketing thing. Take, and we're not recording this, by the way, because I don't want any of these ideas actually (laughs) out in the world. We're gonna start recording in like ten minutes, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna start soon, Martin. We'll let you know. Awesome. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I love this. I haven't, I guess I haven't really spent this much time thinking about the marketing. It is actually very exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. And you got to tell us when it comes out, we will share, you know, help and our, all of our little social media things to share the, the release. And it's exciting Absolutely. stuff, man. Absolutely. In, in fact, because um, I've never done a Facebook party. I know I, you guys have done that. I missed the last one, which I was actually disappointed with myself that I missed it because I, I got to go to the first one, which I which was a, a lot of fun. In fact, I, I know we talked about it the last time we talked, yeah. and I didn't even know what a Facebook party was, but I actually had so much fun. So so when the time comes, I might actually call in a favor and see if you guys want to help me set one up. Yeah, we, we may be marketing our books or have some other thing going on. So yeah, definitely keep us in the loop about when and I don't know. Yeah, Plus, yeah. Yeah, we both have books coming out in June. When's yours due out, Martin? So right sure. now I've got this roughly, I'm looking at the summer, but no hard date in, in sight. So because at this point, well, once I think once the stories are officially done and uh, and I actually get the, the book sort of designed in terms of that it's in book form, then at that point it's just a matter of, you know, when do I want to put it out? Then I'll sort of set a date in mind. And actually really quickly, it just occurs to me that this is something that I'm also excited about. So my friend, his name is Willen and he has his digital publishing press called Exciting Press, and he's got some really terrific authors under his umbrella. And so several years ago, when he first started it, he and I met when I wrote an article for Self-Publishing Review, and it was called A Self-Publisher's Manifesto, and it was sort of this article that I wrote. It was a viable option for authors who either didn't want to go the traditional route or they were trying to go the traditional route, but it was, it was, and, you know, continues to be difficult as possible. And in fact, I know, you know, with Suzanne, I know with the the Rejected Writers Book Club, you've had tremendous success going the uh, traditional publishing route. So there's definitely options out there, but I wanted to write this article about, you know, essentially trying to remove the stigma that both options are, are, are viable. 
So Will and Trekin, you know, read the article, and then he and I started talking outside of the the comment section, and then, and so I asked him if he wouldn't mind letting me do an interview or something on his website. Just again, just any any attention I could get was was going to be just valuable. So unbeknownst to me, before we did, did a, an interview, he bought my book and and read it, and then when he messaged me again, let me know that he read my book, and so there was like that two second pause of like, oh. Dear Lord, I can't believe you read my book. I, he's never going to talk to me again. Or something like that. <laughs> oh no! And he, you know, he loved the book. And then, of course, because he loved the book, I now loved him. And then that cemented our, our friendship because I'm, I will always be friends with anybody who loves my book. So then, from there, you know, not long after that, he started Exciting Press. And in terms of publishing other authors, so because he already liked my work and we had a friendship. He asked if I had basically any unpublished work at that time. I'd had a few short stories that, again, I was never going to do anything with them. So I signed a deal with the Exciting Press at that time. So I was, you know, publishing my novels as an indie author, but now going a more traditional route with the, you know, with some with some short stories. And so now for this short short story collection, because he still owns a couple of my short stories that haven't come out yet, we're actually going to collaborate. So because Exciting Press is a digital press. They're going to publish the digital version of Dolphin Corn Killer, and my press, Cannibal Press, will publish the print version of it. So it's something that I've that I've never tried before. I'm certain it's been done, but I'm actually really excited to to try this collaboration and then sort of see you know what sort of synergy comes out of it. Cool. That's wow, very unique. great. That's wonderful. So you've got the short collection. Remind me of the other one. The is it? Do you only just have the one collection? The is it a trilogy you've got? Yeah, yeah. So my it's the Vampire and the Hunter trilogy, and then before that, it, my my first day de- my debut. You know, I was gonna say my first debut, as if you can have more than one debut. But <laughs> <laughs> my second debut. My is debut better. was a standalone novel, and that was followed up by the trilogy. Yeah, I've been thinking about this lately too. I feel like I have this sort of schizophrenic writing thing where I write one book, and then I write three books, and then I write a short story collection, and I can't quite figure out the appropriate <laughs> length for a story. I have to say, you were the person that gave us a great piece of advice on the first interview, and I never forgot it. You said, you know, just get up and tell yourself you're going to write a sentence. You know, when you're struggling to write, you remember yeah. you telling us that? And I remember, I think about that all the time, because you and me half when I get up and go, I don't want to write today. I go, I'm going to do the Martin and Straps idea, I'm just going to write a sentence, and that's going to take me hopefully to another sentence. And so I remember you saying that, but even, you know, there you were still figuring out your process. That's so awesome. And, you know, I'm, I'm, well, that makes me tremendously happy to hear because I, I, I still do that all the time. And it's so awesome to hear that, that it works for, for you and hopefully other folks. Everybody, for the most part, is pretty busy. And if I meet a lot of people, and I'm sure, I'm sure you guys also meet a lot of people who talk about wanting to write and they have ideas for writing and they, and they say, you know what, I'm going to start, I'm going to start writing this book. And I've even had extended conversations with people about, this is the book that they want to write, and this is, you know, this is the story they want to tell, and and you know, there there'll be all this excitement, and I let them know like this will be great, and you know, I'm I'm happy to help, and then you know, the next time I see them, it's like so, how's it going? And you know, they haven't written a word of it, and, and you know, it doesn't mean that they don't want to write it, and yet, it's just so easy to to get caught up in in, in you know our busy lives that we just don't start, and I think a big part of it is, and the big reason that I sort of started living by this philosophy was that it was just sort of a, an easy, it's it's not even just true with books, but for writers, it's definitely true with books, I think. If we think about writing a book and we just think about the whole process, it can be really intimidating. And so if I think I want to write a book and then I think, well, I'm busy 
today. I can't write a book today. That's too much work. So then I just won't do it. But if I say I'm going to write a sentence, no matter how busy our lives are, we can squeeze in a sentence. And, yeah, you know, and as yeah. you were saying, Suzanne, more times than not, you write one sentence, it'll likely turn into a second, maybe a third, possibly a paragraph. And then maybe that opens the floodgates and then you kind of, you get a few pages down. And, and frankly, I didn't mention earlier in large part because uh, we were in the middle of the therapy session and I wasn't sure how honest I wanted to be. <laughs> He's opening up, Suzanne. That's good. <laughs> but you guys are making me fail. I'm having an honest moment here. So so last year, so I was in the middle of writing what, what would be and eventually will be my, my fourth novel. But because I, I moved to Las Vegas and my life was just a little bit different and, I, and my schedule was a little bit different and I wasn't writing as much, but I was still, you know, kind of you know, forcing myself to to sit down regularly and, and work on this book because I knew it was going to be something that I was, that I wanted to do. But more and more when I was sitting down, it just felt more and more like a chore and less and less like I was enjoying the process. And so I decided, well, let me just not write for a little while. And then I'll let that, you know, once, once that sort of passion comes back and, and I want to write because I enjoy it, then I'll get back to writing my novel. Well, I think several months passed and I wasn't writing anything, and I was still waiting for that spark. And then I started to get very self-conscious, and I started having this 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 angst about you know my identity because you know for the great majority of my my adult life, like I my in my my personal identity is that I'm a I'm, I'm a writer. That's sort of how I see myself. I sort of wake up in the morning, and you know I'm sort of a, a writer first, and everything else after that. So here I was, not writing for several months, and not having this this passion to write and I, I was having just a lot of angst and anxiety and, and worry over this about if I'm a writer but I'm not writing then who am I what am I what am I doing with my life so then I was just trying to figure out you know okay I can't just sit and wait for this spark to come because what if I go the whole rest of my life and then you know, never write again and then of course I started thinking well am I done did I write four books and that's all I had in the tank and now I've got to figure out something else and so then that got me, you know, worried. So the first thing that I did, and this was sort of preceding the, the short story collection that came organically, is I used my my podcast as an opportunity just to try to get something going. So just on a whim, I went to my went, went to my bookshelf and I grabbed a few of my favorite books. And then I and I came and I turned on the microphone and I was I sort of had a conversation, you know, in, in the empty room that kind of very much what I was kind of talking to you guys about just having a very honest moment because I just I felt like I, I needed to kind of say it out loud. And then I had these books around me. And just as sort of a, just, just a hope that something would come of it, I started reading from the first, you know, couple pages of my favorite books just on the microphone. And I'd read these, these wonderful authors who inspired me over the years. And then I spent a few minutes talking to the microphone about what is it that I love about this book? What is it that I love about this writer? What is it about these words that inspire me? And I wanted to just kind of saturate myself and kind of go back to basic where I think I'd become so consumed with got to get book sales, got to get reviews, got to submit for awards, got to figure out how to market. And I'd lost that very first purpose of why I wrote, is, which is I love writing because I love reading and because there's these authors that made me feel amazing and I wanted to do what they did. And I was just trying to get back to that. So that particular episode really, in a big way, got me excited again. But I still didn't have anything to work on. And then that's when I sat down and just gave myself that writing project. Just write. It doesn't matter what it is. Just write to write because you love it. And then that's what became what will now be the, the first story in this collection. And now I've got this collection coming out that only exists 
because I was having this existential crisis. And then, you know, out of that is coming this, this short story collection, which I couldn't be more excited about. That is cool. Wow, that's really wonderful. I don't think there's an author that hasn't been through that yeah. experience in some form or other. You know, don't you think, Hey? Yeah, absolutely. I think we all have our moments, especially like you're saying, with the pressures on you, especially as a self-published author, all that crap you have to do, that takes as much or more time as writing. And so if you don't have the writing spark, you still have all that other stuff you need to do. So uh-huh. it, it was really smart of you to kind of pull that stuff away. Get back to the core reason that you wrote and find that muse and tickle her and, you know, (laughs) make her come up with something great. And it sounds like that's exactly what you did. I'm really excited for you. I actually think when you're on the treadmill of producing, you know, you had your when you got focused on your trilogy and you've got these other things, same as, as me in a sense. You're so focused on what you're doing that something there's like a marketing side of your brain and that side of your brain that uh-huh. sometimes it kind of kills the creative in you. Does. You know, it's like you wake up someday and you're like, and why, like you say, who am I? And why am I writing? And why, if you somehow, when you just didn't have that pressure, you could get up and it was so easy. Anything could come yeah. to you and yeah. you could write it, you know, whereas when you've got this package that you've got to write within this kind of, you know, already there, sometimes that kills the muse, you know, in yeah. you. And so what you did was really smart. Was worked you, you just you know worked your way out of it by finding the news somewhere else, not worrying about it. Yeah, yeah, and I appreciate you saying that, especially both of you, because even as you say, you know, other authors experience it. I think I needed to hear that because there was some part of me that thought, and like as I say it out loud, I know it's not true, but it just kind of yeah. feels like everyone else has got it figured out. I'm going through this, <laughs> it's going through this isolated thing that nobody's ever felt before. And of course, again, saying it out loud, I know that's a silly thought, yeah, but I think it feeling. felt like that. Like, okay, I'm, I'm, I, this is not something that I saw coming. Cause I, cause you know, I think when you start writing, especially, and, and again, I can speak for myself, but I'm sure other authors can relate to it. That, that first book, I just, I felt like I, I just had this unlimited tank of, of passion and I couldn't, I had so much, I just endless energy, both to write it and to get it out and to get attention. And that was just the least of my worries. And then I I reached that point where, you know, the tank was empty and I didn't expect that and I didn't know what to to do about it. And of course, you know, talking to you gals, of course, it makes sense that other authors have gone through it, but it felt it didn't feel like that at the time. So it's actually again, you you guys are earning your money with with this therapy session. And I apologize (laughs) if we haven't started the interview yet. But we'll, we'll okay. get to that. We'll get to it. Soon, I, when I, I, when I you're ready. It's all about yeah. you. When you're ready. When you can open up to us and you will just <laughs> we're waiting. I think this is this is a yeah, this is a nice sort of emotional lubricant. I think when we actually start recording, it's gonna go very well. I agree. Uh, One we, thing I'm just gonna say is you know, I really appreciate having KJ in my life for exactly this reason. Yeah. Because we both support one another when we go through these really dry spots, because everybody does. Yeah. I mean, I write comedy, and sometimes I don't feel funny. Yeah. You know, it's like, how do you find funny when you're not feeling funny? You know, you're having a really hard day. And so I just think that I think it's really more common than you realize. Yeah. But I think you can do is just get together with other writers who can share that with you and help you. Like, we'll just throw ideas at each other to try and get ourselves through whatever thing we're, we're dealing with, whether it's a time crunch or a, you know, a story crunch or a, you know, mm-hmm. an apathy crunch, whatever is going on, you know, we do that a lot, right? Oh, yeah. Help. Suzanne is my therapist, and I probably am hers, too. <laughs> Marketing well, therapist, we too. We a lot. That's yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. Writing is a very isolated thing. You write 
by yourself in a quiet room. I mean, most uh-huh. of us do. We're at Starbucks, but you're not talking to anyone. That's how you write. But it's not a very connected thing unless you can reach out to other people to connect that way. And it's not easy to do that when you're busy life and all these things going on. And a lot of your friends like me, a lot, most of my friends don't know anything about writing. So they don't want to hear all my (laughs) stupid drivel about marketing this. (laughs) So it's, it's hard. So it's Suzanne has been a real gem for me just to have that back and forth and encouragement. Okay. Now we set goals for each other and we set goals as a group together. And Uh I've been so much more productive just just hanging out with her and and having those conversations. So find a find a writing buddy. buddy. Yeah. You guys remind me. So several years ago, I I tried to start a just like a weekly a weekly writing group. Nothing crazy. I just sort of recruited like three or four friends who either were writing or were interested in writing at various stages. They you know whether it was a friend who was they had a book that was done and getting ready to come out, and another friend who just aspire to write a book. So I thought, okay, what if we could just get together once a week and just sort of, how our writing groups work, we'll, we'll share some writing and we'll talk and it'll just be a nice sort of social thing to talk about writing and it'll be great. And everybody was excited about it and we met once and it was very nice. And then, and then after that, it just became this, it was just the most impossible thing to, to kind of wrangle everybody together on the same schedule. And I know everybody was motivated to do it. It just became so much effort to, trying to yeah, make it happen that yeah. after you know one sit down it kind of fell by by the wayside but even talking to you guys now i'm thinking more and more that certainly there's other writers in vegas and possibly writing groups or just places just to just to hang out with other writers even if we're not talking about writing there is a nice there's a nice camaraderie to be around other writers because like you were saying kj it's a very unique thing that that we do so that it's it's rare that we actually meet somebody else who's not just enjoys writing, but it's actually got the experience of writing a novel and putting it yeah. out in the world and have people say sometimes nice, sometimes horrible things about this <laughs> thing that you put your your heart into. And so yeah. it's not quite as rare as the group of living uh, U.S. presidents, but it's still, I think, a rare group. No, I think it's great. And you know what? You don't even have to worry about finding a fun room anymore because online – you can have a, a, a group online on Skype or on Messenger. I mean, KJ and I don't live in the same city, so we actually, you know, we actually do all our contact through through Messenger or Facebook or whatever. So, yeah, I definitely think that would be helpful for you at this time just to, you know, have that feedback and have yeah. that encouragement. And you we know, all need it. Do you have a Barnes & Noble near you? Because I got pulled into I thought I was being a member of an author group, but now it turns out I'm running the author group. <laughs> Funny how that works, but it's been really nice. I've met all these people, and now a lot of them are newer authors that don't know all this stuff. So I'm like, feel like I'm being extremely helpful by teaching them about Twitter and helping them develop an author Facebook page and talk about, you know, we sit down and what are your issues? What's going on? And it's been great for me just to, to connect with them. And I wonder if Barnes & Noble has some kind of group already set up that all you have to do is show up and be part yeah, of it. Yeah, that's a great idea. I'll actually check that off. out because there is Barnes yeah. & Noble locally, so I can definitely check that out. Yeah, and look into that. And it it could be that like you you know that group isn't particularly right for you, but you may meet somebody in there that would have the same interests and needs, and then you can spin off to make your own thing. Or you know what I've turned this into is a consulting situation because I know I've done all these. I've got my book on CreateSpace and all that. So now I'm helping Uh them get to where I am 
And it's been really, really rewarding for me to just kind of get back because I feel like there's so many people out there that helped me when I didn't know squat. Like Suzanne and a lot of other people that like, <laughs> here's what you're supposed to do. Oh, God, I had no idea. So I, this is my why my way of kind of paying it forward for it's, them. It's, it's very true because I know that, like I know when I when I was in the process of publishing my first book, you know, first there was the decision that, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to bypass the route of traditional publishing. Cause I mean, I, I was on that road for, you know, several years, sending out query letters, collecting rejections, yeah. sending out queries, getting rejections, having a few close calls, getting rejections. And, you know, and because I, I, I am optimistic and I, and I do feel I was very, especially at that time, I was very confident in the book that I had written that, you know, that if, if I was on that road long enough, I still feel like eventually I would have broken through. But then I, you know, I had to have a, a very sort of, you know, just very honest sit down with myself and say, okay, what if you're on this road for the next 10 years? And what if you do break through 10 years from now? Are you willing to give up the next 10 years for that one opportunity? Or would you like to figure out how to put this book into the world now because you're excited about it yeah, and you're proud yeah. of it and you want people to read it? And so then once I said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and make that decision. And, and again, especially at that time, because the, because there was that stigma against independent authors putting their own work out, that concerned me a lot because I was proud of my book and I and I did want it to be taken seriously and I didn't want people to, to write it off as, oh, there's a you know there's some self published trash. If he was any good, he would have got a you know book yeah, deal. I was yeah. very self conscious about that. And then you know once I once I got past that and said, okay, we're going to do it. But then as soon as I made that decision, I realized, oh, crap, how do we do this? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think Suzanne and I are both there. Yeah, we're all like gung ho, and then like, we're looking over the it, precipice. It like a perpetual question for us every yes. day when something new comes out. Crap, how do we do that? Crap. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, and then what happens, and, and Katie, this is what I think what you were talking about, too, is that, you know, bit by bit, learning a few things on my own, reaching out, getting help from people who had some some insight, and little by little, you know, get the book put together, get the book put out in the world, and it feels like this just perpetual process where you know, just you you learn a little bit more every day about how to do it, until one day you find yourself having a conversation with an aspiring author who wants to do what you're doing, and and, and say like in my case, I always feel like I'm just perpetually learning how to do this. So then you forget how much you've actually yeah, learned. And exactly. then when you start talking to somebody, you're like, oh, wow, I didn't realize how much yeah. information I collected, like, but I'm happy to pass this on to you now. Yeah, I'm actually and smart. I from the outside, like when I look at you, your package, you've got a podcast and, you know, you've got a great book package and beautiful covers. And we always look so different from the outside than we feel on the inside. You know, you look <laughs> very, so you look, I'm not saying that you aren't successful, but you look like you're very successful and you've got it all together. And I think that that's that your branding and everything you've done, you've done a lot of work yeah. in that to make that be the way it is and not to forget all that that you've put in, you know, because you do look like, you know, you've got it all together and yeah. your package, you know, your book package looks good and your podcast, the way that that's presented looks really, really professional. Yeah. So I think that you've actually worked really hard at that and not to forget that, that that's how you come across. That actually means an awful lot to me, so I'm glad you said that. And and again, like I say, I know we keep putting it off, but we'll start this interview so soon. But <laughs> thank you so much for everything that you're giving me to, to help just get this day, day started. <laughs> yeah. This has been amazingly fun. I feel like I could talk to you for three more hours, but I'm the editor, and that is not going to happen. <laughs>
I know how that goes, and yes. so I don't envy you the job of putting this together. Yeah, but it's <laughs> it's a great interview, though. This There's yeah. so much for you to be so honest with us about, you know, what your your worries are. I think that it's very good for other authors to hear that. So you're sharing, you know, your worries that they felt like they were alone and all that. So I think this is therapy for everyone. We should call this the confessions of an author. Oh, I like that. Oh, yeah, good? there you good? go. Yeah, so at some point we'll start recording and we'll get that one, okay? <laughs> it's a shame we weren't recording this because there really was a lot of good so content much good here. stuff. I, it's actually disappointing that other people won't get to hear this. <laughs> All of your great wisdom. Well, Martin, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for being our podcast award winner for our podcast hero award. Podcast hero. Because and I want to know right before we go, I know we're wrapping up, but I want yeah. to know how much has changed your life since you became a Blondie in the Brit podcast oh. hero. Award. Everything. <laughs> everything has changed. The, the, the first, and again, I don't want to give out too many spoilers, but the first thing you're going to see on my new author profile picture, I can grow hair now. And only oh. the moment that I got that award. Before that, I, w- I was a balding man. Get out. Now that I'm the Blondie and the Brit podcast hero, I'm growing hair. I've actually grown three inches in stature. There's Dang. amazing things happening in my life, and I owe it all to that award. So I can't thank you gals enough. We're oh. humbled and grateful. Wow, Suzanne, <laughs> we really have a good product if that's all it takes to change people's height and hair. I think we're going to be billionaires. Absolutely. I don't know why you don't have an infomercial. We should. Get on it. That's our next project, Suzanne. Absolutely. I'll get right on that, KJ. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us. I think I'm wrapping this up for the third time, so I'll use one of the best wrap-ups. I'll but... use one of the wrap-ups. Yes, this really has been fun. You're so much fun to interview. You're such an engaging and exciting author with all these great ideas and thoughts. And wish you the best of luck with your launch. I cannot wait to see the cover. And make sure you tag Suzanne and I in and help you promote this thing. Absolutely. It was a tremendous pleasure, as always. I look forward both to, to the next award so I can get some more benefits from that and also to be on the show again. It's, it's, it's always fun to, to chat with you gals. Great. Great. Before you go, can you give us your website so people can find you? Absolutely. Yeah. So if you want to listen to my podcast, the Martin Lestrap Show Podcast Hour, there's a few ways. You can go to the website, which is martinlestrapshow.com. You can also find the show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. I also have my author website, which is martinlestraps.com. Both websites are connected, so if you go to one, you'll find the podcast. If you go to the podcast website, you can go to my my author page and you'll find the information on, on my books and any other blog articles I've written, including you can see the Indie Authors Manifesto article I talked about. Oh, it's on yeah. my blog if you're cool. the least bit interested. And Twitter, you can find me at Martin Lestrap. If people are still tweeting, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> For now, we'll see what happens with Twitter. <laughs> Instagram at Martin Lestrap if, uh, if you're into that sort of thing. Great. <laughs> yeah, We're into that sort of thing because I follow you yes. on every last one of those and you, you post good stuff. So everyone got there and follow him and we'll look forward to talking to you again, Martin. Awesome. Right. Thanks Bye. for joining us on Blondie and the Brit. You can find our show notes and more information about our podcast at blondieandbrit.com. That's B-L-O-N-D-I-E-A-N-D-B-R-I-T.com. 